We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You want to follow me on Twitter? And it's Tuesday, March 21st, and we'll be uh, continuing our MLB DFS primer for this upcoming Major League Baseball season. Starts uh, next Thursday. We only got what nine days away. We're nine days away. Aren't you excited? Oh, okay, maybe not. Not. Thrill, thrill, but hey, it's nice to get a get a, a new sport back, right? People playing NBA DFS, they're probably pulling their hair out, right? Or at this point, with the injuries and the rotation changes and DNPs out of nowhere. So uh, hopefully we'll get back to normal with MLB. Give me those thummy thumbs on your way in the door. You know how much I appreciate the likes, the subscribes, the notification bells to know when we go live. Good morning to Wataz, Bartby, Defect, Daniel Hutchings, Bazooka Badger. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, Kickstart. Good morning, everyone. If you'd like to send in a question, especially if you're talking about MLB DFS, email them in, right? You don't have to necessarily participate in the YouTube chat, but email them in, questions at theoryofdfs.com. That's where I take all the questions that uh, really gets covered on the show in an unstructured way. Of course, this week and next week, we're, we're getting a little little bit of structure, a little bit of structure, but for the most part, throughout the course of the season, I'll, I'll probably be repeating a lot of a lot of these concepts. And if you want a more structured environment, you could always pick up the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, 15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com. What I'll be talking about today is actually in Chapter 3 of this course. Uh, it's a matter of how you look at projections. Projections especially specifically when it comes to MLB DFS. What is the difference? What, what is the, the, the major difference between projections in MLB, let's say for hitters, versus NBA players, versus NFL running backs, right? What is the difference? Because 
you go to lineup HQ, you go to any projection set, you will most likely get a projection number, right? Of just like uh nine. Right. What does that represent? Well, that represents either the mean or the median of the re- full range of outcomes of the player. So you go, okay, uh, this guy has a nine mean. This guy has an eight and a half mean. So the guy with a nine mean has to be better. But th- th- does that mean that these players will score nine points or 8.5 points? Not necessarily. It all depends on the distribution of those outcomes. So in basketball and NBA, distributions for players are typically much more normal. They look much more normal. They're much more bell curve shaped. So someone's median is 32. The most amount of outcomes they have, the frequency of of, uh, the results set, the most at the very tip is going to be 32. Then you'll get some 31s and 30s. Then you'll get some 29s and 32s. Then you'll get 28s and 33s. And then you'll get, and it keeps on going down like that. To the very end, you'll get, you get a couple of fours, a very few fours, some 64s, right? The curve looks something like this red line, right? This would be a more normal distribution where if the median or mean is X, 10. That means the most amount of outcomes is at that mean. 10. You'll get a lot of 10s. Then after the 10s, you'll get 9 and 11s. Then after 9 and 11s, you'll get 8 and 12s, right? The percentage likelihood keeps on coming down, right? The same amount of times that someone scores a 6, they also score a 14. The same time someone scores a 5, they score also could score a 13. Same probability of that happening, that result set. And they bunch up in the middle. That is a normal distribution. Normal distributions occur in sports where the scoring and the fantasy scoring is much more iterative, right? There's less less scoring on on individual events. So in basketball, you can't a player can't just score twenty fantasy points in one shot, right? It's done over the course of an entire game. That's why in NBA DFS minutes equal money, typically, right? Guy that plays eight minutes can't score sixty points. Right, it would be extremely difficult for that to happen. Yet in NFL, a wide receiver that plays one snap could catch a 90-yard touchdown. I mean, obviously it doesn't happen that often, but it's possible. It's possible for you to score 16 points on one play. Okay. NFL, NFL, less normal, but not as normal as NBA, because touchdowns are the are the big events. You get six points for a touchdown as a receiver or a running back. So they make up a lot, a lot of the points that you could score. In baseball, that gets taken to the extreme, more of the extreme than those two other sports. Batters typically get three to five plate appearances around there. And they either they hit the ball and do well, or they strike out and don't do well, right? Or they ground ground into a force out or whatever. Get around four opportunities to score points. And they could score up to 20 points on one swing of the bat, right? A grand slam on DraftKings would be 20 points, right? Solo home run is 14 points on DraftKings. One swing of the bat, right? And most of the batters are going to get three, three to five at bats. One swing of the bat, 14 points. Now they can score three points with a single. 
They can score five points with a double, right? They can get steals. Run A run is two points. An RBI is two points, right? If they drive in a runner on second, they get a single in RBI. That's five points, right? So there is some iterative version of scoring in baseball, but the ceilings typically happen from home runs, from bigger events, which means the projection, the range of outcomes doesn't look normal. It's not normal. It looks much more bimodal. And that's the difference you could see in this in this graph right here, this graphic. The red line is a normal distribution. The blue line is a bimodal distribution. And you could see here that while the red line, the normal distribution, if we say that the mean or the median is 10, well, in a normal distribution, that means a lot more outcomes are at 10, 9, 10, 11, 8, 12, stuff like that. In a bimodal distribution, actually, most of the outcomes are like 4s or 14s, right? So let's say someone had in basketball or in, in some other sport, in a normal distribution level sport, someone had the mean of 10. And in baseball or in a more bimodal sport, they also had the mean of 10. Well, in baseball, that, mean, that means that there aren't many outcomes that you're not going to see many 10s, right? They go out and, you know, you're not, you're not going to say, oh, they didn't score 10 points today. He's like, yeah, but they, they have very few outcomes that have them scoring 10 points. They have many more outcomes that have them scoring six or 14. Unlike in basketball, as you get to the outskirts with this red line, you get less and less frequency of outcomes. So if you're viewing a NMLB hitter projection, and a hitter projection has, says 8.75, what does that represent? That represents a range of outcomes of 0 to 24 or something like that, right? These This blue line, 0 to 24, something like that, where the mean is 8.75, right in the middle. But that isn't the likely out. I mean, you're not going to see many 8, you're not going to see many 8s and 9s. As you move away from the mean, you get more and more outcomes. The result set has many more threes than eights. The result set has many more 16s than eights, even though the mean is around eight. So if you're going to go into lineup HQ and look at our projections here at Rota Grinders, which you could get if you're a premium member, click on that link in the description and get $10 off your first month. If you're going to view two players. One has a, a, a projection of eight, and one has a projection of 8.2. Like, oh, well, this guy scores eight point. This guy scores eight points, 8.2, right? 8.2. Oh, he must be better. He score, yeah, he scores eight points a little bit more frequently than the guy with just eight. But his distribution still looks the same, very similar. He has slightly more, slightly more, slightly more fours and slightly more, slightly less fours and slightly more 16s, slightly. But from a middle value, like those, those, those outcomes aren't that frequent. 
You're going to get floor results. You're going to get ceiling results in baseball and less mean results. So if you're approaching MLB DFS from an aspect of optimizing heavily and prioritizing mean outcomes, well, they don't happen that frequently because it's a bimodal distribution. So for instance, let's if we built the lineup, let's say, a four-player lineup. We're making it simple today instead of eight, eight hitters or whatever. So let's just say it's a really, the player's projections are really, really bimodal. We're doing this as an example. 50% of the time, a player hits a home run and scores 14 points. And 50% of the time, the player goes 0 for 4. or just doesn't score any points. Strikes out a bunch of times. Hits fly balls. Who knows? 50% of the time, you can see here on this, this, this blue line, it would be extremely bimodal. There would only even be two, there would be two big points, and that's it. They would be all the way up here. They either get zero or they get 14. 50% of the time they get one, 50% of the time they get the other. What would the what would the mean be? The mean would be seven. Do they ever score seven points? No, I just told you. They either hit a home run or they don't. So on the projection screen, it would show seven, but you'll never see sevens. So let's say lineup one will take four players. They each have the same projection of seven, right? Right? Same projection of seven. So 50% of the time, you get a zero. 50% of the time, they get a 14, right? So you get four of these players. 50% of the time, each of them, zero 50 percent of the time they each get 14 but they're not related to one another i mean baseball it's like the the guy that hits a home run in one game that isn't related to the guy that hits the home run in the other game we're not we're not regarding any type of correlation of them being people on base or anything so you just have these four hitters that have a seven point projection 50 percent of the time they get zero 50 percent of the time they get 14 okay so how often do the results for the entire lineup, like how often does the total equal zero, the total equal 14, the total equal 28, the total uh, 28, the total equal 42, total equal 56, right? Because those would be the outcomes, right? Either they, none of them hit a home run, one of them hits a home run for 14, two of them hit a home run for 28, Three of them hit a home run for 42. Four of them hit a home run for 56. Okay? So each of these. So 50% of the time, you get a zero. Right? One, two, three, four. So 50% of the time, one gets a zero. 25% of the time, two get a zero. 12.5% of the time, 12.5% of the time, three get a zero. And then what? Six uh six point two five percent of the time you'll get a zero. Six point two five percent of the time. Get a zero. The same thing applies for all of them hitting a home run. 50% of the time this guy hits a home run, plus 50% of the time this guy hits a home run. So how often does that happen? Two heads, two flips of a coin, they come up heads in a row. All you do is multiply the probability. 
But I have four home runs in your lineup that had to get 56 points. 6.25% also. Okay. How often do you get two home runs in your lineup? It doesn't matter which two. Okay, 50% of the time, this guy gets a zero. 50% of the time, this guy gets a zero. Right? 50% of the time, this guy hits a home run. And 50% of the time, this guy hits a home run. So how often would that be? Well, it would be, what, 6.25 times uh, times 2, right? Because 28 would be 50% of the time to get two home runs, right? So you have four, you have four batters, right? You have four batters, each with a 50% chance. So how, how often will you get two home runs out of the four? Well, 50% of the time. Two, I don't know which I don't know which two out of the four, but I know I'm going to get two home runs out of the four half the time. And what's the what's the remaining distribution that's left? Fifty plus six point two five plus six point two five. Sixty two point five. Sixty two point five. A hundred minus sixty two point five. Thirty seven and a half split twice. 37.5 divided by 2. 18.75. Oh, ho. 75%. 18.75%. Okay. You could even put the decimal points there. So in baseball, if extreme bimodal, I'm using a very extremely bimodal example of a guy that has a seven point projection, but 50% of the time, they hit a home run, a solo home run. 50% of the time, they, they do not. So if you play four of those players together, you'll score 28 points 50% of the time. Now, this distribution looks normal, actually. Right? You're going to score between 0 and 56 points. 6% of the time, you'll score 0. 6% of the time, you score 56. 18 points, 18% of the time you score 14 or 42. Or 42! 50% of the time you score 28. Now let's say, let's say, let's do the example. This is, we'll call lineup one 50-50 lineup. Okay? Let's say we have a lineup two that's 51-49. Okay? So instead of playing four players that have a 50-50 shot at hitting a home run, these players have a 51% chance of hitting a home run. Slightly more, right? They're projected better. What is their mean? Their mean may be what? 7.7? Right? 1%. Slightly, they project slightly, slightly higher. Okay. So we're going to do the same thing here. A, B, C, B, right? Their mean is like seven point something or other. But these players, 51% of the time they hit a home run, okay? So how often do you get a zero? How often do you get a 56? Because, I mean, it's either they hit a home run or they don't, right? 
It's the same range of outcomes. Zero to 56. So how often do you get at least, at least two home runs? Well, it would be 51, 51% of the time. Because you have four batters there that each have a 51% chance of hitting a home run. 51%. And we're going to multiply 49 for how often do do you get four home, do you get four home runs? Right? 51.51 times and 51 times 0.51 times 0.51. That comes out to 6.77% of the time. 6.77% of the time. How often do you get zero? Because that's 49%, right? 49% chance of getting a zero. You you, you know, square, you uh, uh, multiply it four times. 0.49 times 0.49 times 0.49 times 0.49. That's 5.76%, right? 5.76%. And what's in in the middle, right? You're gonna, it's going to be skewed more towards towards the the heavier end, right? So this is the distribution is going to look something like this, right? We don't even have to let's make it less confusing and get rid of these 14s and the 42s, okay? So lineup one with 50-50 batters, all having a projection of seven. Lineup two has. Everyone with a projection of 7.2, something like that. What's the likelihood of each lineup scoring 56 points? Lineup one, 6.25% of the time. Lineup two, 6.77% of the time. How often does this lineup score at least 20, 28 points? One is 50% of the time, one is 51% of the time. The, pro the projections of the lineup two players are slightly higher than the projection of lineup one players. Would you be able to, from vision, from visually seeing the difference between these two, if I showed you, if I showed you the outcomes of 10 times, would you able to, do I be identify which lineup is which? If I just said, here's a set, here's a set zero, 28, 42, 56, 56, 0. And then I showed you another set of results. Would you be able to, would, do you think you would be able to even tell the difference between lineup one and lineup two? In, in a set of 10, in a set of 20, even. Probably not. That's how close these lineups are to probabilistically scoring 56 points rather than scoring zero. We're scoring 28, a little 1% more often. This is the difference between a guy in MLB. Who do I play? Right? You get all in, in MLB. I'm going to get questions or you'll get on like crunch time. You're trying to decide between two third basemen. One has a projection of 8.7. 8.73. And one guy has a projection of 8.55. Who should I play? Well, if the sample size was like 
10 million? Sure, yeah, the, the first one is sli- slightly, slightly better from a projection standpoint. We're not even talking about ownership. Once we talk about ownership, you'll see why why the difference is, why, why I'm going over this. We'll talk about ownership next week. As it relates to who, who should you play? Who ga- how do you gain expected value in your lineups? The differences between the two players, when I said, do you play the guy with 8.73 projection or 8.55 projection? You know what the difference is? It's, it's You can barely see it. Okay? How often do you see in baseball on a, on a 12-game, 14-game MLB slate where you're choosing between, if you just choose between second baseman, that there's like 15 second basemen, well, maybe not 15, but you know, eight second basemen they're all within a half a point projection of each other. These aren't normally distributive outcomes. So it's like you're not gaining. It's like, like, well, this guy, this guy could score eight. This guy could score eight. This guy, like, no, no. Out of the eight players that you could choose, half of them may score 16, and half of them may score zero. But they're so close and mean. Like, which ones are which? Which, which ones are going to score 20 today and which are going to score zero? I don't know. Probably half of them will score well and half of them won't. And you have eight to choose from. Which ones do you choose? Well, at that point, it doesn't matter. These margins don't matter that much. Right? Even if we went up to, let's say, a lineup that is 55-45. Okay? 55-45, which means 55% of the time these batters hit a home run, and 45% of the time they score nothing. Okay? So this would be the equivalent of like, okay, someone has a projection of seven and another person has a projection of eight. One point in mean projection. Oh my God, that's a lot. One point in mean projection. You think that it's a lot? Let's see. How often does all four batters hit a home run? And they get there, they're 56 points. 0.55 times 0.55 times 0.55 times 0.55 is 9.15%. How often do they score? Zero. 0.545 times 0.45 times 0.45 times 0.45. Like four, four point one percent. Okay. Now, obviously, now we now we're getting further away from this lineup. That's only a 50-50 lineup. Fifty percent, not a fifty-fifty like DFS. You're playing fifty-fifties. That fit that these these players have a projection of seven. So basically, A, B, C, and D have a projection of seven. A, B, C, and D in lineup two have a projection of eight. Okay. So in on the total projection of lineup one is what? 28 points, right? 50, 50%. The total lineup projection of lineup two is like 31, 32%, right? 55% of the time, they'll score at least 28 points. This one, 50% of the time, they'll score at least 28 points. So it's skewed a little bit. Right, it's not a perfect, perfectly bimodal. This this blue line has moved over slightly, slightly, 
slightly. So how you're going to score four home runs in lineup two more often than lineup one. By how much? Well, one's 6.25% and one's 9.15%. If I were to show you, if I were to show you a result set of 20 results, do you think you could tell me which lineup was which? I'm pretty sure you can't. I'm I'm pretty sure you can't. I can probably show you a result set of 100. You can just go through. I'll show you two result sets. Here's all the results. Here's 0, 28, 56, 56, 14, 0, 0. You know, go through all that. Give you 100. And I'll give you another set of 100. Of 100. And line up for, and, and then tell you which result set is lineup 1 and which result set is lineup 2. You go in and it's like, I'm going to count the number of 56s there are. And see that the difference between the number of 56s is maybe just one fifty-six. But that one may have a little bit more, a little bit more 14s. Like over the course of a hundred, a hundred outcomes, you may not be able even able to tell. Even though 9.15% is, is decently higher than 6.25%. This is the difference between a player that has a projection of X and one having a projection for like a point, a point and a half less. Okay. That is the that is the difference. That that it it would still be very hard to see. Where I could definitively say, once you once you put variance, right, from slate to slate, it would be incredibly hard to see the difference between a lineup that has a thirty-two point projection, mean projection, and a twenty-eight mean projection, right? It'll be. A little bit easier, but still hard, even if this this lineup had a 35-point projection and this one had a 28-point projection. That's a seven-point difference in mean projection. If this was basketball, it would be much easier for you to see. Because the numbers would be closer to them. You'd All you'd have to do in the 100 results set and go, what numbers show up the most? Well, what's, what's the mode? What's What numbers show up the most? That's most likely going to be closer to the, the projection. Baseball, you can't do that. You need a much larger set because these these projections are are bimodal. This is how you have to look at projections for MLB. So if you're going to look at a lineup, for instance, now baseball lineups have 10 players in it, right? Two pitchers on DraftKings, eight hitters. You're going to look at 10 players. And especially the batters, like an eight, the eight batters in your lineup, you're going to look at and go, what's the projection of my eight batters? It's like, well, I have a lineup that has a projection of, uh, of, of 78 or something, you know, 70. This lineup has a projection of 71, which is better. Well, the 71 is, is slightly better. From a projection standpoint, the one with 71, the one with 70 could be like four times less owned also, right? Once we get into ownership, you'll see why this matters. The differences between the lineup that projects for 70 and the lineup that projects for 71 in MLB, it's not, it's not, it's not much at all. It's barely a difference. The result differences, assuming you're playing different players in these lineups, and you're playing correlated players, right, from the same team, 
So when one player does well, it's more likely the other player does well. That one lineup has a projection of 70 and scores 164 points. This lineup has equal opportunity to score 14 points. Okay? There's a one-point difference in mean projection. Yet the one with the one-point lower projection could outscore the, the other lineup by 150 points. I mean, that's an extreme example, but it happens. The variance is so high. And the rain and the and the projections are so bimodal and correlated when you play multiple batters on the same team. That the difference between the two lineups, median mean or median projection, could have dramatically different results. And they're, they're almost equally as likely, right? The likelihood of this lineup putting up 164 and this lineup putting up 14 is about the same. Right? If you went the other way, this lineup putting up 14, this lineup putting up 164, yeah, the lineup with 71 mean projection probably has a slightly, slightly, slightly. You can't even see it. You'd have to come up and see. I could show you a result set of 100 times and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But that's how much more frequently the 71 lineup puts up that score versus and the 70 lineup putting up a 14. That's how, that's how much difference. Two point projection difference. You still, you still, you still need a microscope. You're gonna still need a microscope. So in MLB DFS, the difference between lineups based on projection is not that dramatic. It's not as dramatic as it would be in a normally distributive sport. Which means in NBA DFS. I told you there was a lineup that had a median projection of 260, and a lineup that has a projection of 200 and uh, 200 and let's see 40. Let's I'm, I'm making it a certain number for a reason. 246. Showed you two lineups, and I said here's a lineup that has a median projection of 260. Here's one with a median projection of 246. In NBA basketball, on a, on a decently sized slate at least, regardless of ownership or anything, the 260 lineup would be dramatically better than the 246 lineup. You're giving up, you're sacrificing 14 points of median projection. And remember, this is a normally distributive sport, which means most of the scores are going to be closer, most of the outcomes are going to be closer to the median than they would be in a bimodal driven sport. Which means you're going to get, this lineup is going to get a lot more 260s. And this lineup is going to get a lot more 246s. So the sacrifice 14 points. How do you how do you make up those 14 points in projection? In NBA, you're going to need what? A couple of more rebounds, a couple of more assists, a couple of more points. I mean, you're going to need a lot, a lot of little events, more events to happen. You're going to need your shooting guard to shoot two extra threes. You need your center to have two extra rebounds. You need your point guard to have an extra assist or two. Or a small forward to have another block that they normally would be an outlier event. 
You didn't have to make up those 14 points. If I showed you a baseball lineup that projected for, let's say two, I mean, obviously these are very large projections for MLB DFS. If I showed you the same thing in MLB DFS, here's one lineup that has a 260 projection median. Here's one that has a 246 projection median. Yes, it would be true that one lineup is projects to score more points more often than the other lineup. But how do you make how do you the sacrifice of 14 points between eight of your batters could be made up in one swing? That's it. Could be made up in one swing. You'd, oh, I'm giving up 14 points in projection. Mean projection. I have eight batters. Well, remember, the batters don't have normal distributions. You're not going to see as many 260s and not see as many 246s. They're going to be skewed. These lineup, the batters in your lineup are going to more likely do really well or really bad. So what, what do you need? You just need one of your batters to beat this lineup. You just need e- either, either one of your batters on one swing to hit the ball over the fence. That's 14 points. Or you need one of the batters from the other lineup to get a zero that normally they would get a zero, right? Similar probabilistic outcome. So to make up 14 points in median projection or mean projection in MLB is realistic, is doable. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. These distributions aren't normal. So if you take a look at lineups in MLB, you could build lineups that have 20, 30 points different in projection. And depending on the ownership of those lineups, those could be plus EV lineups. Totally. Absolutely. Especially once you factor in correlation. Right? I'm going to play a 2% owned stack. Right, of five batters from the same team. It's like, yes, it's less likely. Yes. Brian Reynolds is less likely to hit a home run on the Pirates. Yeah, you're right. Right. So Brian Hayes is less likely to score more points than Raphael Devers or something. But if the Pirates do well in, in as a whole, all the players do well. So not only are you getting bimodal positively for Brian Reynolds, but you're more likely to get positive bimodal distribution from to Brian Hayes. 
and they're all at like 2%. So you look at that lineup and you're like, oh, I'm building a lineup that's that's giving up 30 points in projection. It could win a GPP. <laughs> Absolutely. That could be a plus EV lineup. That lineup, it's like, oh, that's too low of a projection. No, why? Now, if it's high owned, I wouldn't do it, obviously. So it's less likely, but it's pro- it may be under owned. And you may be sitting there on a 14-game MLB slate considering lineups. You're going there, you're going, okay, this lineup projects for for in median. One four, let's 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 go through. 8-4, like you're looking at lineups like they're going, okay, which, what lineup, what lineup do I play? Close your damn eyes. Pick anyone you want. I mean, the realistic difference between these lineups is minimal. Now, if one line, now once we get to ownership, if one of these lineups is twice as less owned as the other, as the other five, that would be the highest EV lineup that you could play. But you know how many lineups you could build within like one point of projection in MLB on a main on a regular size slate? You know how many lineups you could build in MLB? Even with correlation, even if you have a five-man stack? Like tens of hundreds of thousands, thousands upon thousands. So if you're sitting there in MLB DFS. Going, I don't know which lineup to play. This lineup with 140.16 or this lineup with 140.02. And they both have about the same amount of ownership. Just close your eyes and flip a coin. You're considering things based on a mean projection. The mean, who cares? You're not going to win with 140 points. Your lineup with 140 point median is going to score 60 or is going to score 210. So imagine that that's what happens because what ends up happening, and I see it's like, oh, my lineup projected for 140. I only got I only got 36 points out of it. Are the projections off? Like, no, that those are the those literally are the projections. You're you're less and less likely to have medians on all of your players, batters-wise. Pitchers are a little bit different. Pitchers have more events. They pitch more pitches. There's more opportunities for them to get strikeouts, right? They they build up their score iteratively as opposed to batters that don't. So when you're viewing a projection in lineup HQ, or whatever model you're using, right, you'll see everyone's floor, right? You load up the bat projections, everyone's floor is around zero, right? What's their floor? Well, it's all of these results over here. Like what else else is it going to be? They get like four at bats. You're going to see a lot of zeros to threes. I mean, you're going to see no, you're going to see zero ones, right? There's no way to score in one point for a batter. As long as, as far as I know, get two points for a walk or a run or an RBI or whatever. So you can see a lot of people's floors be around zero. Well, this guy's floor is 0.14 and this guy's floor is 0.22. They're functionally about the same thing. The same thing on the top end. 
Typically in baseball, if you're going to look at a projection model, the ceiling projection is going to be related to the mean. Most players. There'll be some outliers. There'll be the Joey Gallo types versus the Luis Arias types. Yeah, on, on the outliers, there may be differences. But for the most part, the difference in mean projection of your lineup between two lineups in a similar range is... I don't even care. So if you can ask me a question of how much, how much projection do I give up for ownership? I mean, the number, like one question I get asked. And remember, if I can answer it with the exact number, it's a dumb question, which means it's a dumb question. There's no, there's no answer. There's no correct answer that you always did this. You'll never be wrong. Like that, that doesn't exist in DFS. So if you're ever asking a question, I keep on saying this and then people still email questions. I almost feel like, like, what do we have to do? What do I have to do? I literally get questions that could be answered with a yes or no. And I say literally all the time. If you can, if you can't answer the question with a yes or no, then you ask the dumb question. Read, read your question, read your question. At the end of it, can you start? Can you start the response with the word yes? Can you start the response with the word no? That's the answer. Delete your question and come up with a better question. That means you don't. That means you haven't grasped. I don't know what. What have you been watching? It means you don't understand. You don't grasp fundamental concepts. Not of DFS. Of just like how to think. That's why I typically look at those questions and go, I don't know how they tie their shoes anymore. So an MLB DFS. Oh, well, this lineup has a 140 uh, uh, projection and is, is owned at X percent. And this lineup has a 138 projection is owned at like six points lower. Is that enough? Is that, is that, they're about the same line. Okay. Proportionally. You can play either lineup. Well, how about this lineup? You can play that lineup too. How about this lineup? You can play that lineup as well. And you know what ends up happening? You keep on asking me about, here are the lineups. You're going to show me a projection. And you're going to show me an ownership. At different ranges, some lineups are 30 points off. And I'm going to keep on going. Yeah, you can play that lineup. Yeah, yeah, that that's probably plus EV. Okay, you can play that lineup. You know when I stop? At lineup like 700,000. Depending on the size of the slate, maybe about 700,000, but a lot. Probably six, probably into the six figures. Probably Daniel could answer that. Like on a 14, 15 game MLB slate. Like how many plus EV, how many lineups can you make that are not duplicate? If you, if you, if you were in a large field GPP to reproduce the 30,000 other lineups in the contest, you said, I already know what. 29,999 lineups are. Like, I know that for sure. Right? And you only had one lineup that you were going to put in yourself. Right? So you're not, you're not, you're not based around, you know, well, you don't have to worry about duplicating or being correlative with yourself. So you just have one lineup. You know, how many lineups out of that one, if, if you knew all of the other lineups, right? You knew the ownership, you knew what, what, 
people were going to do. How many of those lineups can you put in in that one spot remaining that would be profitable long-term, would be plus EV? I'm figuring the answer is at least 100,000. I'm, I'm figuring, at least. Okay? If that's the case, why are you spending so much time the difference between two median projection lineups in a sport where the median projection doesn't matter as much? It doesn't. We just went through it. I showed you the most bimodal example. This is the most bimodal example. And the difference between a lineup that has four players that score 50 a home run 50% of the time and one that scores 55% of the time is barely noticeable by sight. And this is the most bimodal. This is the most bimodal. You don't even get these in real MLB DFS. The results are still more a little bit more normally distributed than this. So in the most bimodal example, the differences between like the top 70,000 lineups you could play is not that dramatic. This is why in MLB DFS, like my number one re- response to people's questions is like you're, you're vast. I, and I, I try to, I try to really exaggerate it. I go, you are, va- you are so vastly overthinking this. Like vastly, vastly. I mean, like the difference between here and Alpha Centauri, that level of overthinking. And they, they think they're asking questions of like, well, how, how is this and that? And it's like, doesn't matter. of what you're thinking about does not matter in this, in in MLB DFS. Number one, most of the stuff that matters is already in the projections. As long as you have projections and ownership, you're turning player names into numbers and you're figuring out what what your opponents are doing. All you're going to be looking for are lineups that are correlated, right? that have less ownership than they should be. And the thing is, in MLB DFS, is that so many people care about who's the best play that you could find God knows how many lineups that are under-owned. Like, dude, on ma- on many slates, if you, if you literally, if you literally X out the chalkiest pitcher and the chalkiest team and then just build whatever lineup you wanted, I would think that as long as you're as as long as you're spending all your most of your salary, those lineups are probably profitable. Like if you could do that and have profitable lineups, like how much more time are you spending on this? There shouldn't be a reason you're spending much time on MLB DFS. Oh, it's every day you get you I get emails. It's like oh I don't I don't have the time to go through all this like you do. You're you're a full time professional whatever. I I have a nine to five job. It's like dude I build lineups in seven minutes. Like what what is <laughs> what are you talking about? Like it's like oh well but you gotten used to doing it so you could do it very quickly. I would probably have to put in four hours worth of work. Like no no I literally I literally I don't even have to know who's even on the slate. I don't know. I don't know. Show it to M- any MLB slate for GPPs. And as long as I have projections and ownership, like the only time I would spend on, spend more on it is if I want to make the ownership a little bit more accurate. But I, you know, by looking around and going, 
yeah, this guy's going to be a little bit more owned than people think. Or this one's going to be a little less owned than people think. And then judging lineups from there. But for the most part, it should take you. I don't, I don't, I don't, I do not understand people that take more than 10 minutes to make MLB lineups. You can make 150 of them. You can make seven, I can make 7,000 lineups that are plus EV in, in 10 minutes. It's not complicated because so many lineups are, are, are equal to one another. Alex Santi says, my best two seasons of MLB, I'd X, I'd X out the top two stacks and did whatever I wanted from there. In 2022, projected ownership was more condensed at the top. Yeah, you could do that. There are profitable lineups that include the, the, the most owned stacks also. But as heuristically, right, like we talked about yesterday, like we just wanted to X out like, oh, what teams is everyone uh, uh, the most owned? That are uh, teamed on, on a slate... Uh, that, it's a 10-game slate, and one team stack is 20-plus percent on. You say, okay, I'll just X that out. You know, you get the Coors game. Oh, the Coors game has a high total. It seems like, you know, 20% are playing this team and 10% are playing the other team. Just X it out. Okay, you, you can X it out if you want. Just say, okay, if, if Coors doesn't explode, I have I have a lot of shots. I could win in, the, in a lot of spots. If it goes off, I lose. Okay, well, you could do that. That's plus EV. I'm going over these projections from a bimodal to show you why in bimodal sports, I do this for MMA. I say in MMA, it's like, I don't, who cares about medium projection in MMA? It's extremely bimodal. They either win and smash or they lose and don't, and they don't have any points. I mean, like, this guy has a 65 point projection. This guy has a 68 point projection. It's like, neither of them are going to score those points. No, neither of them is going to score 68 or 65. They're going to score 20 or they're going to score 100. I mean, like, what do I care about? Three-point difference in mean projection. All I care is how often does this guy score 100 points? Like, that's pretty much it. That's all I want to care about. What happens in the middle doesn't matter to me. So in those types of sports, you could, median projection, you could sacrifice a ton. So if you find lineups that are significantly lower owned, even if they are sacrificing a decent amount of projection, because you can find ones that are really low owned, right? You can find lineups that are 16 points lower in projection that are like 10 times less owned than other lineups. And for that spread, sure, play those lineups. Typically, those are the types of lineups that I play. Yeah, but you're giving up 16 points in projection. Who cares? I'm making that up because the lineups I'm playing against have a total ownership of like 140, and my lineup has a total ownership of 14. <laughs> Maybe not that low. Yeah, 30. Right? I probably have one ch- decent, ch- decently chalky pitcher. Right? In baseball, who? I mean, you're going to play a 42% owned batter with these types of distributions? In the long run, it's probably best to not play them. In the long run. Can you play lineups with them? Yeah, you have to build leverage elsewhere. You can still build plus EV lineups with those overowned players. There's so many more opportunities to build plus EV lineups without them. So if I see Mike Travis, 42% owned, I see I see uh, uh, Pete Alonzo at first base is 28% owned on this slide. Like, 
Like, dude, I can build, I can build lineups with, with four points and lower projection that don't contain either of those two players. And I drop like half of my ownership. You know how many lineups that, that exist like that? Thousands. Which, which of those lineups can you play? All of them, any of them. I'm going to cement that. That's why I'm going over the, what the, that you need projections, but they don't matter. Like, it's kind of weird for me to say. Yeah, you need to be able to gauge one lineup against each other. But to me, in MLB, ownership is almost more important than projection. Projection may matter on pitchers more because they're more normally distributed. But the margins between two lineups in NBA or NFL mean a lot more than in MLB because of the bimodal nature of how the outcomes how the results are. And I know I'm saying this, and then two weeks from now, someone's going to ask me, can I play a lineup that gives up four points in projection for this amount of ownership? Like, sure, yeah. The default, the answer is yes. I've already answered it. Yes. Right, Alex Santi put, put, puts it a good way. Ownership is actually the cost, right? You're, you're actually judging your lineup based on the cost of ownership rather than on the cost of salary. A lot of times in MLB. Because the salaries typically don't matter either. Right? People are like, oh, okay. that uh, I, can, I can't stack the Orioles because, like, I end up leaving, like, 4000 on the table because they're so cheap. It's like, that lineup can still win. And what happens if the Orioles put up 14 runs today? Yeah, but they're only $2,800 a piece, so. How owned are they? Well, they're very low owned. That's the cost. The ownership is the cost, not the salary. Aaron Judge is six thousand. Okay, that's just that's just the constraint in your construction. How many points does he need to put up for six thousand? I don't care. It's how many points does he need to put up to Matt to that it, when he's forty percent owned? A lot, right? If Aaron Judge puts up ten points at forty percent ownership, who cares? How many points does he need at that cost of ownership? Very high. That you would need to have him. And so many other liners would have them in. But we'll talk more about that next week. This was about projection. How to, how to look at projection when it comes to MLB DFS, especially for batters. I didn't do pitchers because pitchers, you'd look at it like kind of any other, any other sport. That's why we talked about yesterday with James that if you're going to sacrifice projection, you'd be much more willing to sacrifice projection with your batters than you would with your pitchers. Because the pitchers' results are more normally distributed. Then we'll talk about correlation on Thursday. There's no show tomorrow. There's no show tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow. I got to go. I got to go to the doctor tomorrow. So no show tomorrow. You, you, you may see a thumbnail. There shouldn't be a thumbnail, but I think you may see a thumbnail. That's going to come down. I'll be back on the 23rd, Thursday. We'll talk about correlation. Friday, we'll be talking about the MMA slate. We've got the fight night, whatever slate coming up this weekend. The next week, we'll have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Talking about more about leverage, more about ownership. I think that's a lot more important in MLB DFS. Answering your questions, so email them in. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. Remember what I said. Remember my rant. Just reread your question. 
It starts with a, if a guy can answer it, if anyone can answer it with a yes or no or an exact number, just erase your question. Rephrase it or something. But that's a sign that you're not thinking about DFS properly. To me, that's the number one sign. If, if you're asking a question that could be answered with a yes, no, or an exact number. How many points? Uh, you're done. This is a game that has 7 million variables. So there's nothing you'll always do. There's nothing you'll never do. My number, my top answer when people DM me is it depends on the lineup. Can I do X, Y, and Z? Well, it depends on the lineup. How many can? It depends on the lineup. Well, what does it depend on? Well, these 70 variables. Well, should I do this and that and that and that? It's like, well, when... One thing that you do in one regard is going to be negative in another regard. Everything you do in DFS, every choice that you make will not be 100% positive. It'll have a benefit and it'll also have a consequence. Your job is to weigh all of these variables and go, is it worth this much benefit for this, this type of consequence? That's all you're doing when you're weighing all that type of stuff. Should I do this and that? It's like, you can, but obviously, is it worth giving up that on this particular slate? I don't know the context. I don't know the lineup. That you, I don't, it depends on the lineup. Can I play 42% Aaron Judge as a one-off? You can. How about in a lineup with 7 million percent ownership and everyone is is a million percent? Owned? That would be a negative EV lineup. How about in a lineup with a 2% owned stat? That would be a plus EV lineup. So the answer isn't like, can you? Yes. Well, yes, in these certain scenarios. And you can't, you shouldn't in these other scenarios. Right? Well, what are the scenarios? Well, there's like, there's 70 variables of a slab. I mean, there's, how many contextual variables are there? What am I supposed to do? Go through all the, the permutations of all those variables? You have to think about like 7,000 plot points. Most of them, you don't even have to think about it. But if you were, that's what you would consider. MLB of DFS especially. Most of what you're thinking about does not matter. Okay? I'll repeat that multiple times. If you can't build an MLB DFS lineup for a large field GPP in less than 30 seconds, you fucked up. Okay? Because you could build 70,000 of them. Okay, I'm going to highlight this over and over and over again. Because I'm going to get questions in that do not matter. I would say that 99 out of 100 questions about MLB DFS do not matter. I don't mind answering it that you do not. It doesn't matter. You go to lineup, get your projections, get your ownership, build lineups. Build 40,000 lineups, but I'm only playing 20, then randomly choose 20. Like, if you were to play that way, you may actually be be uh, more profitable than what you're doing currently. Like, that's how how ridiculous it is. Well, this guy has a 24% strikeout. Well, all of that is in projections. Okay, well, you don't have to think about any of that. It's like, should I play a 5-3 lineup or a 5-2-1 lineup? Probably doesn't matter. Probably doesn't. 
Could I play a lineup with this projection and this ownership? Or how about that projection and that ownership? Said from an EV standpoint, probably doesn't matter. One may be higher variance. One may be lower variance. But it probably doesn't matter from an expected value standpoint. Should I play the top-owned stacks or the, or the top-owned pitcher? So EV-wise, it probably doesn't matter. Lower variance, you probably want to play the top-owned pitcher because pitchers are more normally distributed than batters. But that lineup in and of itself, the EVs may not be different. The distribution of how you realize that EV may be different. So all those types of things, you've got to get in, and the next thing you know, you're like, well, I could, I could, why... Like, I could build 5,000 lineups that are about the same. I go, yeah, well, welcome to MLB DFS. Why do you think a lot of top players that play 150 lineups play like, like even Cheese? Cheese will be on crunch time saying, okay, this is, I think this is good. I think this is good. I, I wouldn't do that. I would do, and then he also says, it's like, I play everyone, <laughs> right? You take a look at his 150 set. He plays, he plays a stack of every, he literally plays a stack of every team. He may only have a line, one or two lineups with this team. Why? Because those lineups are plus EV. He's not going to have many of those. He's going to have more of the ones that he thinks have lower ownership than they should. But outside of that, most of these lineups, the expected values are not that much different from each other. So always take that into mind. And that's, that's why I stress this projection stuff bimodal projections to show you the math of why that's the case. Because you're not dealing with normal distributions. You're dealing with bimodal ones. So hit that like button on your way out the door. The thummy thumbs. Give me the thummy thumbs. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got uh, we got NBA stuff today, right? That's still going on, even though it's a pain in the ass. Uh, we got golf content. We got scores and odds for the betting stuff, right? Go over to the scores and odds channel. Subscribe there. Hit the thumbs up. Hit smash it. Smash the thummy thumbs. Thummy thumbs. Smash that. Yeah, there you go. Smash that like button. I won't be back tomorrow. Remember, no show tomorrow. No show tomorrow. I'll be back on Thursday. We'll be talking about correlation in MLB DFS. And submit your questions. The questions that can't be answered with a yes, no, or an exact number. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. And I'll see you next time on another edition of the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.